Welcome to Advantage Over, the podcast for the rugby referee community, or simply those in rugby who want to know more about refereeing. Are you ready? Time on. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Advantage Over podcast. I'm Keith Lewis, your host, and in this episode we'll be bringing you an interview with World Rugby's Referee Development Officer, Alhambra Nevis. So she's just back from Stellenbosch, where she was part of the leadership team for World Rugby's first Women's High Performance Academy, where they had 43 delegates from 16 unions getting together to work out how best to move the women's game forward. Um, So a really good interview with Ali coming up. I spoke to her just before um, World Rugby unveiled their new brand and initiative um, for the women's game. Um, Hopefully you've seen some of that in the last couple of days. So the hashtag Try and Stop Us campaigns featuring 15 inspirational women and girls from around the world um, who've got unstoppable qualities um, in rugby and to try and tell their stories and try and encourage more people, uh, more women into the game. There's been a huge growth in women's rugby in the last couple of years. I think the stats from World Rugby are showing 2.7 million participants with a nearly 30% increase in players since 2017 which is fantastic obviously from a refereeing perspective we need to match that with more officials around the world stepping into the game there's a new website to go with that so women.rugby um, and they're using a wider um, women in rugby hashtag um, around social media and in various other places as well um, so it's really good that um, refereeing is part of that conversation um, one of the 15 um people that they're using is um, China's first female referee, Phoenix Su, um, who's got some pretty big ambitions herself and is is keen to um, use her role in such a a, a big country um, to see more women take up refereeing in Asia. So that'll be really good to see. She herself is hoping to join um, the teams at the Tokyo Olympics for next year. Um, So that'll be good to follow her and we'll obviously make sure that profile of, of her is in the show notes so you can take a look at what she's up to and what she's doing. So elsewhere today, as this podcast goes out, it's the final of the Pro 14 in Glasgow. Um, Nigel Owens is taking charge of what will probably be his last final, um, if the the mood music around his uh, retirement post-Rugby World Cup is accurate. Um, The Warriors of Glasgow are playing Leinster, um, so that'll be a good match for anyone who's able to tune in and watch that. Um, in England, it's semi-final weekend, and we've got, again, two World Cup officials. Um, Luke Pearce and Matt Carley will be in charge of those two. Luke's at Saracens, Northampton, um, while Matthew will be down at Sandy Park as Exeter host Gloucester. So um, both those games look to be really exciting as they build towards the Premiership final next weekend. Um, and finally, an invitation for you referees who are listening to the podcast, and hopefully most of you are, um, do come over and join our free community group over on Facebook. Um, we've got some great conversations and discussions um, being had over there. So if you want to chat through things between matches, between podcasts, uh, between your training, um, then head over to the, the group. Um, I've got a, a short link for you, so it's just refsquad.com. That will point you in the right direction. Come and join the um, the conversation and, and, and tell your referee friends as well. We've got about 350 people in there at the moment, so it's really good for that. So um, those are the bits of news in the refereeing world this week. Um, next week, we're hoping to be able to bring you um, the female match official appointments for the summer. Um, we know they're in the process of being made public, so hopefully bring that to the website, to rugbyrefree.net, in the next couple of days. Um, but in the meantime, um, we'll head over to uh, my interview with Ali Nevis. Um, enjoy our chat. Oh, 
on today's podcast I'm delighted to be joined by Alhambra Nevis from Granada in Spain. Um, you might well um, recognise the name and we'll certainly find a lot more about her as we go through the podcast but she played um, international rugby for Spain um, before starting her refereeing journey back in 2006 quickly rising up through the Spanish ranks, the European ranks and then onto the world ranks where most of you will know her from. Um, she became a regular on the World 7 circuit finishing um, a couple of years ago with well over 100 world's women's matches to her name i think the first to achieve that um obviously refereeing the um the top level um summer olympic final of 2016 but certainly not a seven specialist um ali refereed many a a women's world six nations match and many world 15s matches of both men's and women's i think that's where we first met uh, when i tmo'd for you a couple of games at twickenham uh, which was fantastic um but then also um broke that sort of glass ceiling that we often talk about from a female perspective um, becoming the first female to officiate in a men's rugby international back in 2017 the Finland Norway game in the European conference stuff so all that culminating in a world rugby referee of the year award in 2016 with Rasta Razavenji um, again the first female to win that um, and then moved on to become the World Rugby Referee Development Manager back in 2018, which is why we are speaking to Ali today. Ali, you're very welcome to join us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. That's not a bad um, refereeing career for a a female match official in a Tier 2 rugby country. What what, what, what do you think when you look back at your refereeing? Well, I have a lot of good memories and a lot of learning. Well, I feel um, being a privilege to be involved in a lot of high performance during this period but I think most what I take away from these days is all the the colleagues I have met all the friends I have made and all the memories for life that I I made. When you look back at your refereeing careers many of us can pinpoint one particular highlight as the as the thing that we'll always talk about Um, but for you you've got any number of things I mean that that Olympic final in Brazil um, or that first international, obviously very different environment to be in, but which, do, do either of those rank more highly for you? Yeah, probably the Olympic final is, is the is the highlight for me because of many reasons. Uh, when I was a child, I, I dreamed to be in the Olympics and I made it being a referee. Uh, so I think probably it's joining my player and my sport dreams from being a child and then all my my chapter as a player with my club and with Spain and then also the as being an Spanish and choosing a refereeing career like it's a risky call to make it mm. so it's all combined and having a well a, a very success having the opportunity to refer that final fantastic so so talking about that sort of privilege and honor of working in the high performance area um, let's turn to the reason i've asked you to join us on the podcast today so you're just back um home in spain after a week at stellenbosch um in south africa yep. we're familiar with stellenbosch for those who've listened to the podcast before um but this was for a, a world rugby first event um a specific women's high performance academy can you tell us a little bit about what the academy was about and why you were there well, the, the the main reason behind the this specific the first women's high performance academy is um, is one of the projects inside of the global plan strategic plan that will be in place. Um, the main reason is to accelerate the the develop of the women's rugby. So, talking about that, uh, we want to see more players. So, we want to grow the participation to grow the high-performance competition around all the regions, to have more inspirational leadership 
and, and to have, for, of course, more investment in rugby. Sibyl Beaumont, um, in, in talking about oh, yeah. the academy, talked about the development of women in rugby as the single greatest opportunity for our sport to grow in the next decade. Is that is that what it was all about? Yeah, it's, it's the third priority for World Rugby in the current year, so it's quite a priority for us. And to have more more women involved in all the areas, not only playing. So, of course, we want to see more players around all the regions, but we want to have more coaching, more strength, more position in the management, on the boards, more referees. So it's about creating the opportunities to have more women who are passionate about rugby and something could be stopping them so we need to open this this opportunity so, so who, who was with you in south africa last week so we were uh, like well we were at one team and we have done a lot of work together between the coaches and the strength and conditioning and the match of so specific uh, in the match official team we have their um, term referees plus mm-hmm. four coaches and cmos and alan roland were, the, uh, were there uh, Chris Pollock and yep. myself were running the specific match official strand and then we have 16 coaches uh, plus 13 strength and conditioning and a total of 14 staff running three strands. Great, so, so over 40 people and I think, did I read there was over 10, 12 different, uh, from, sorry, did I read there was over sort of 10 different countries represented there or was it more than that? I think 16. 16. 16 different countries, yes. And, and are those yeah. obviously if we if we go through the the list of I'm not, not I don't want to go through the full list but obviously the the main rugby nations would have been represented there were there um, were there people um, at the event from lesser known countries but obviously um, lesser known rugby from a rugby perspective people like like Spain and obviously you were there were there other countries outside of the usual suspects yeah we have uh, tier one and tier two countries because we believe it's not only building the high performance for the tier one countries. Uh, which actually have a, probably a better structure to to be involved is also to develop and to grow the the opportunity. Great. So you just uh, talked at the start there about it being one higher. team and having one set of people there. Um, how did yeah. that work its way through the the week's activities? So we have uh, like a specific uh, session from each strand, and then we have a practical combined session having coaches, um, stress and conditioning, and much of. And then because it was uh, players also in the academy, so they were willing to collaborate with this session. So we have players, so the coaches can can coach them, and then they they made like um, a specific um, exercise attack and defense, and then the match official jump in and referee the the exercise or the game they they need with there. And I guess having having all those different strands, the, the players, coaches, match officials, strength and conditioning, um, means that you've now generated a, a good community of people who all know and understand each other going forward. So is that the, the, one of the drivers behind it? Yeah, we have uh, in early in the morning, we have like keynotes and it was a com- also um, all the attendees were there. So it was quite interesting how they interact. And each day was like one day were more focused on coaching, one more day, one day around match officials, and then uh, everyone can understand better other roles and other demands. And it was quite people were were quite impressive about how complex it is to be a referee. <laughs> so it was good to understand and probably to have a better empathy with with our role. And yeah, I think it was so positive and the networking that all the people have done there and to be 
uh, not only during the week, so for the future, how you connect with that people and the conversation you can have uh, moving forward with them in, in your unions so or when you go to another union, one seventh tournament, so you can cross ways and working. Great. So, so it's, it's great that everyone could get together for a, a, an intense period over a couple of days um, all together. But, but what happens next? Is this just a, a one-off? Is this a PR exercise just to be seen, to be getting people together to talk about things? Or is there something substantial that will come out of the back of this? No, it's something, of course, is to follow up all the, the talent we have seen there. So it will be not only one week ago. Now to have uh, to track them, give opportunity real time. For example, for the match official to, to see where they fit depends of, of the level of each of the attempts. And then to give the resources so we can have now a lot of to be in touch like remotely, mm-hmm. like to have them as AMS or HUD that we can interact and of course to create these opportunities for games and challenge them for the next and, and, and is there a, um, a specific target in mind for the future on the on the High Performance Academy? Is it a, um, an ongoing program? Does it look like having a particular targets of getting other particular targets that World Rugby has to get more people, match officials, S&C coaches um, into the game? Yes, of course, it's not a problem. Well, the name is, is different from other years, but it's a problem who has been run for the last like, nine, ten years right. with different names. In the past, I think it was top, and now it's High Performance Academy. So still, you can have the, some of the people who has attended Academy next year. So you can you can do this follow-up this year and then meet again time or in ten months or could be in another location, not only Stellenbosch, because it's a lot of programs around. So yeah, we need to we need to have more more coaches, more strength, more important. Great, um, and I guess that leads on to your role at World Rugby as well. Um, it was interesting when your um, role was announced. You are a referee development manager. You're not yeah. a women's referee development manager. You're not focused on the women's game. Um, it was clear in the announcement at the time that you're responsible for identifying and nurturing male and female talent um, around the world for 15s and 7s. Do you think that we, we still have a lot of work to do on attracting more match officials into rugby? Or is it we just need to attract more referees into rugby? So it's true that my role is, is both. It's not the specific um, female, around female referees, but saying that is true that my priority at the moment, my focus is to get more fit into the system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working more more focused uh, women's competition, both sevens. So we talk about we have talked a, a lot in months around having more inclusive panel and talk about match official. Not so we don't we don't want to be seen as a female match official. Our main goal is is to be seen as a match. Official. But the reality is that in a lot of situations around all the union, we need to create this opportunity because the, on my view, the only difference the experience that a female referee have the chance to have in their careers is at the moment very short in, mm-hmm. in most of the cases. So it's how we are going to change that culture and this mindset to make sure that we are giving the opportunity, we are allowing them to have the experience, can develop, to could develop a, a reference, no matter you are a female or a male referee. Make sense? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, we see that um, in the country as well. And I guess... Um, you see initiatives all over the world. Um, what countries are doing particularly well, and what is it that they're doing well, if you if you like? To, what campaigns or initiatives that you see around the world that are really ha- having good effect in, in bringing more women into the game, perhaps from outside the the main countries? 
Well, we we have unions that already have have full time female referees in their squad, as Australia, England, Scotland, Ireland, I guess. Ireland with Joy, of course, um, and others that have part time full time referees, as South Africa with Amy Barrett, New Zealand with Rooney. So um, we are moving, I think, into the into the right direction because I think unions detect the the talent. Especially if you see, for example, Joy in the period she has, how she has grown in a very short of period. Uh, the union, the union, I think, don't see a female referee. They only see a, a good, a good referee. Yeah. is part of the squad. And then we can talk also about Amy Pirate in Australia. That she, she has been a mom. She had a child one year ago. Mm-hmm. And how the union has support her to be back and to keep with her career I think is quite impressive and, and a good practice to follow by others. Yeah, we're hoping to speak to Amy um, at some point in the future because it's a really strong message I guess for lots of people out there thinking oh I can't do the two things, yeah. I can't be a mum and I can't I can't referee and how do we manage that so um, it really is good to see her back um, on the circuit. I see she's um, got super rugby um, assistant referee appointments in the last yeah. couple of weeks so it's good to see. Yeah, so all of them are, are given the opportunities and the space to all the all of the referees have um, experience in their domestic competition and this experience allow them then to have a um, international pathway of do, do you think obviously having these um, the top level um, officials out there to be seen to be refereeing in, in whatever game it is they're refereeing is fantastic do you think there's enough being done below that at community rugby level to get um, players perhaps at the club that you trained at last night the, the clubs that I see the, the clubs that are doing perhaps touch rugby or getting people into rugby all over the world do you think there's enough being done to um, attract people into refereeing generally well I think we are still to do more efforts because I think overall people don't like referees so it's like a barrier with this with this role like the referee is always the the bad guy or the but the bad person on that pitch so we need to close this barrier and understand that without referees is no game and we are we still are humans and we made mistake and it is is nothing different from a from a player or from a coach or from a, being a person we make mistake every day so we need to close this gap and understand that when you are in a pitch as a referee you you enjoy a lot that you enjoy the game you contribute you serve the game and contribute to the game, so it's, it's quite challenging, and you can develop a lot of the single referees. So I think it's a great opportunity when you finish your play career uh, to have to do something different, to stay in the game, and to develop yourself in a different in a different role. Uh, and will World Rugby be doing uh, using um, Rugby World Cup 2019? Obviously, coming up in September and October, will you be using that as a as a reason to get out there and talk about? being a match official and having that as a target for referees of course when when you we have asked this to a lot of referees where do you see yourself in three years time uh, of course as a referee you want to work up or want to be in the is the, is the paramount tournament or special experience for any referees um, yes yes we said this a goal for 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 all the the referees we are getting system and, and how do you think the, the, the at ref- the end of the day we we want to we want to see the best people for for that World Cup. Absolutely. So we are still and the women's game is growing 
really really fast we have seen the last world cup in ireland was fantastic we have seen the growing and this there were amazing so we we are very conscious that again we are are there to set the game and mm. to ensure the the level of the revenue with the level of the goal. and this is the most important thing for us right. and obviously we've got we're looking ahead to women's world cup in new zealand 2021 the front the next rugby world cup the france 2023 how is the the referee pipeline coming along around the world where should we be looking for the referees um for the who, who will be at those tournaments do you think are they in the referee system already are they players who we might be seeing on the on the field turning to refereeing where do you think the, the pipeline is coming from well it will be difficult to, to to see a player could could happen i you cannot say no mm. But at the moment, we are working a group of referees who are already refereeing test matches. And the pipeline, you can detect um, someone from a development tournament or a tire getting to the system, especially, or we can see an example last in the High Performance Academy. And then we have uh, several, we have more competition now to see them, both in their domestic competition, regular competition, and then test matches, Six Nations, November test window, and the super series that are, going, for example, that are going to play in July in San Diego with the top, the five top teams ranked in the world, and then having so you you give the experience to them at this level and test them if they are good enough to work up. Fantastic. And do you think we are a million miles away from seeing um, a, a, an elite female referee officiating in the men's game? Obviously, you you broke that. You enjoy broke that. Um, glass ceiling a couple of years ago do you think we're far away from seeing an Amy Perra in Super Rugby a Sarah Cox in Premiership those those sorts of names do you think we're far away from that no I don't think so and we have seen well <laughs> I think before me it was also a group of things done a lot so it's still good to feel that you are you are part of you are doing something but again it's not about to one day hopefully we don't need to talk about the first one and I think in that time it, because we have um, this natural this natural atmosphere people don't see us as a female much of it makes sense so no I don't think we are not far away and, and I think the key again is to give to the best match official to challenge themselves in challenge new um, competition and we have seen with here in Europe Joy and Sarah and doing a lot of uh, a lot of both competition and any part of the South, why not there? Fantastic, well some really um, interesting insight from you there about your career, about the, the drive that you have as World Rugby and the event last week, um, I think we've heard um, a lot about your drive and your passion for rugby and refereeing, um, if there's anyone out there thinking, is refereeing for me, how do I do this, should I be doing this, what message would you give to uh, any aspiring referee out there? Well I always say that the um, for anyone who loves rugby, the best place to, to be is, is on the field. So you can play or you can referee to be on the field. So it, I think it's the best, it's my happy place. So when I when I was a player, I really enjoyed that time. But being a referee, I really enjoy also. And specific refereeing has have been a lot of opportunities. I, I discovered, uh, well, I have been in a lot of different countries. I can say now hello in a different language so it's a i think it's a great opportunity to develop and uh, yourself in a different in a different scenario of course referring sometimes is um, a lonely activity 
but I think it's not. It's probably in the in the early days. It's a lonely. And then you are part of a team. You always you go to a city. You go to a new country. You have always someone to catch up or to have a, a drink and be sharing. Well, the best place to enjoy rugby in the field is only two ways: playing and refereeing. You can really enjoy both. Fantastic. So thank you for bringing your happy place to the Advantage Over podcast. It's been great to talk to you. Um, we obviously wish you well as you um, continue your drive for ref- referee development around the world and for everything that 2019 and beyond brings to you. Yeah, thank you so much. And again, this is a, a challenging new chapter for me, but I'm looking forward to learn and to to bring some some difference to, the, to our referee. To Fantastic. Our Thanks referee. very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Advantage Over podcast from RugbyReferee.net. We hope you've enjoyed the content that we brought to you this week. What we'd really appreciate is your likes, rates and reviews, wherever it is you found it, whether that's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn. Please head over there and leave us a review. We really do appreciate those. Um, we'd also um, ask you to tell your referee colleagues, friends, community um, that about this podcast this is the only rugby referee podcast out there um, so we hope to get to more earbuds um, over time we'd also love your feedback um, and your suggestions and your comments so please let us have them um, you can either email us at ref at advantageoverpodcast.com um, or you can find us through the rugbyreferee.net website um, or through twitter at rugbyrefereenet which is the same handle you'll find on instagram as well we're in all those places so please do let us know what you think let us know what you want um, and how we can help you become better referees in the future so for now that is advantage over <laughs>